0: Welcome back to a Jordan Poole edition of the Warriors All-82 Podcast. Marcus Thompson, there's plenty to get to. I mean, this is essentially a first-half wrap-up um, where, I mean, we could we later can definitely zoom out and go wider scope where things are as they enter the break 19-18. and 18. But, I mean, Jordan Poole's the story of the night. You know, they lose by whatever, 28 points in Phoenix um, because they sit, they rest Steph and, and Draymond. But Jordan Poole, in his return, 26 points in 26 minutes, 10 of 16 shooting. And this wasn't just whatever garbage mop-up stuff. This was done against Jay Crowder, Javon Carter, Devin Booker, and it was it was three-point bombs, creative drives to the rim, some really impressive stuff.
1: Yo, have we seen this before? I was thinking about this as I'm watching this. Have we seen somebody not look like they belong, go to the G League, and come back looking this good? I don't know. I was thinking maybe Quinn Cook, but I don't think Quinn Cook didn't look like he belonged, right? He just looked like a guy who needed some time, but he had –
0: Quinn Cook Quinn Cook never looked like he could be Jordan Clarkson or you know some version of Lou Williams like I'm not saying Jordan Poole is going to be that but Jordan Poole because of his size and some of the creativity on the drive and you know some of his playmaking looks more like he at age 21 could become a six-man score. Quinn Cook, like, yeah, he he provided some stuff and helped and shot it off ball, but he wasn't yeah, he that, wasn't mostly, just cause size, mostly just because of size. Mostly just because of size.
1: And he was like who he was already, right? Like, you know, he that on the Hawks, I think, before he got to the Warriors. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Jordan Poole has gone from a guy who, at one point, many people thought he wasn't going to make it in this league. He was on par with Jacob Evans, who, by the way, balled out in G League, but and then he comes back against Phoenix and he's got 26 points at 26 minutes. Uh, He looks like a different player. He looks incredibly confident. He looks like all that off-season hype uh, like was real, right? And, you know, this is what we expected to see based on what they were saying about how hard he was working and how good he looked. This is what we expected to see. And it just randomly pops up. Like, it feels so random that this came out of Nowhere. I mean, he hit a few threes and a and a blowout it didn't game. Really
0: come out of nowhere. It feels like it did though. What
1: dude, what is he, he had? 26. like he's he looked good I mean, I tonight. Didn't, good, good,
0: good. He looked like he was going against G League defenders. I mean, but he's been doing this in the G League. We've no, yeah, been yeah, talking yeah, about then, this on the Warriors no question, plus minus no podcast for two weeks. I, I just like, mean, that's over it, like
1: the last two weeks. It feels like it came out of nowhere. Like over this, just yeah. you know, from the whatever three years. He's been doing two years. He's been doing this. Uh, he just went down to the G League, started dominating, and suddenly became one of the Warriors' top young prospects. Like he
0: did a miniature version of this last year. Remember, yep. they sent him to the G League. He was like, when you're, you, what you're referring to is like when he looked like a non NBA player yes. was his first two months where they had to have him in the rotation because of the injuries. Right, Steph breaks his hand. Russell was like in and out of the rotation. They just needed players and they he was overwhelmed he should have been in the g league but instead he was playing like 25 minutes on the worst team in the nba and i believe you'd have to go it was either january or december he made one two-point shot the entire month and he was like a rotation player for an entire month i think he was like one of like 24 on twos and 20 percent from three it was like one of the most one of the least efficient months by a score ever um and it was like, man, they they whiffed on that pick, right? Because we we judge yes, stuff no too pressure, early. I mean, we're no about pressure. to get to James Wiseman, and we're about to do some judging yeah. pretty soon. But, um, and then he went to the G League, and then they traded Evans and Russell at the deadline. In those last like thirteen games before the pandemic hit, he did some impressive stuff. Go look at his passing highlights. Some of his scoring highlights, he shot at okay percentage. And then the pandemic hits, you get nine months of basically no basketball. He doesn't get a summer league. You hear from the, from the warriors staff that he, he's working really hard. He's getting better. Remember like that was kind of the story, um, when they had their little mini bubble and he was good in the bubble. I remember I watched the, after about eight months of no basketball, I watched their inner squad scrimmage and he was the best player in it. Um, um, but it was like it's a little tough. It's Like, uh, believe it when I see it. They do the wanna maker thing. He plays off ball early in the season. He was okay, but he was just he was off the ball in in a in a bad offensive lineup. And then oddly, they committed to sending him to the G League. And do you remember the game before? It was actually the same game Wiseman got hurt. Yeah, against he, he, the Pistons. he got
1: hot, right? And, uh, yeah, he had like four
0: threes. Uh, I think he scored like nineteen points in like twenty minutes or something like that. And Steve Kerr was even asked post-game, like, does this change your plans? He's, He's like, like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. He's getting on the plane. Uh, and then, you know, I think that was correct. I mean, clearly he gained a rhythm no question. in Orlando. No question. But I don't think this came out of nowhere.
1: I'm, yeah, I I think it does. I mean, look, people were just ready to give up on him. I guess you would say, when did this start, right? The, you, would you say that game? The game before the G League bubble? Like, what game was it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, He he wasn't bad in the – there was a moment where I remember they tried him over Michael Mulder in, like, Utah when they got blown out in Utah. It was, like, right around that stretch. And people were like, why are they playing him over Michael Mulder? I mean, I was maybe even part of that. That's what I'm saying. I think what we did – That's, like,
1: during – like, it wasn't that long ago this dude was a lost cause. And now it's like, yo, you have something. Like, now it's like – Put this guy in. The odd part tonight was how Steve Kerr is like, Yeah, he's earned a few more minutes. <laughs> it was just like, yo, what do you do? Put this guy in the game. What are you doing? Like you
0: look, I mean, this is he's he has committed to this whole defensive identity. He wants the organization as his backup point guard. He doesn't like Poole's, you know, assist to turnover risk. He doesn't think Poole can guard the position and He's been hesitant to to give him free reign. I mean, even tonight as he's scoring twenty six points, I mean, like Watermaker's mostly on the ball, yeah, yeah. And I mean, eventually Poole took over, and it was like you know, it was it was such a flowing G League type game for them that eventually it was just like, yeah, just let him let him go, and he did. But you know, I mean, it, it's it's a little like this isn't Kerr's type of player typically. But it kind of has nah, to be for yeah. this team. It, it, ha- it just
1: does. And he's, he's, he's just got to be more flexible. I mean, that's really just that simple. He's got to be more flexible because, uh, I mean, Warner Maker is a, a solid defender. Uh, but he, he's got matchups where he's not that great on defense either. Uh, so it's not like he's locked down. I don't think Jordan Poole is that bad on defense. He has his weaknesses, but they all do. It's just a matter of which one you think is – which which weakness do you prefer, right? But bottom line is they have enough on defense. I mean that's that's been clear. They can't score. They can't create yeah, shots. Wanamaker's
0: Wanamaker is reason like or player number eight why they have a good defensive rating in the first right. Round, yeah, right? I mean, you know it's like, <laughs> like, sure like if, he's if help, you swap you know, him out you
1: still are right on defense. Right? That's not the reason you're 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 good on defense. But they just can't score, and what what Jordan Poole, like you could can, can see it now. He gets in the game. You know the other the other team doesn't have much information on him. All they got is some G League clips. Like th- he looks like a guy you got to guard. And the crazy part is through all of that, through hitting the side of backboards on corner threes, through shooting like in- impossible percentages, and not looking like he belongs, he never lost his confidence. He's playing like a guy who has never been more confident, which is, which is really crazy. He was a, he's a first round pick who got sent to the G league, which for many people was like, you know, you could take that as a knock and you could lose confidence. He got more confidence. It's increasing. So he, he's quite the conundrum. I always liked Jordan Poole. I mean, I don't know if I saw the Lou Williams thing, though. I don't know if I – like, when you say it, I I see what you're saying. Like, he could be a Jordan Clarkson, but not not this year, not now, but you could see that trajectory, yeah. He's 21.
0: You could see that trajectory. Jordan Clarkson just became Jordan Clarkson. Absolutely. You know, we say Jordan Clarkson now, and you're like, oh, you mean like six-man-of-the-year Jordan Clarkson? You know, averaging like 18 off the bench, just got paid four years, 52 million. But, you know, second season Jordan Clarkson was – just an inefficient chucker. Yes, absolutely. Really. So <laughs> this is you know like, you what, need to build. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know I've I've seen the obvious need for him over the last few weeks. Uh, you did see the skill early though. You know you you've been you know we even had joking podcasts this summer right? <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like, Don't right, give yeah. up on pool. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean he's got to play. And he's gonna play. I mean, it, you, you, you can't ignore what happened tonight and, and and the need. And we can get to Wiseman, but is there anything else? You know, a pool. I thought the range tonight was interesting. You know, I know he can shoot it, and he's got a kind of a pure looking. He always has a good looking jumper. Yeah. It didn't really go in, in his rookie season, but tonight he hit he hit one from about thirty one feet, and it, he had two others of his five made threes that were like probably twenty eight feet, and he like shot an early clock. It was his pull up. That was his pull
1: up off the dribble shot, especially from three. Looks very, very much more refined. Like he's got great balance. He looks like exactly like he knows what he wants to do. Uh, Yeah, there's definite growth in that three point shot. Uh he's like you said, he's just gotta play, man. And and you know what? He's your first round pick. He's the guy you invested in. You lose nothing by doing it. You you like you, you've been you've been saying this for two weeks. You've been calling it. It helps him, it helps it helps uh James Wiseman and also you just get to learn. You you will know at the end of this year what you think of Jordan Poole if you play him and like it's over. We're done. We're done with uh, not playing them. I-, I think they got to be done with it. I don't know if that means Wanamaker is out or not, but you just have to put Jordan Poole in that second unit. Like we've seen one game against a good team that was fully loaded, and the guy looks like he belongs, right? And he-, he he won't look like he belongs sometimes. Obviously, like he'll get out there and he'll scuff it up a little bit, but we see what he can do, and for me, that matters as much as anything.
0: Yeah, look, they're they're playing Clippers, Lakers, Jazz, their first three games out of the break. He's going to have a, a one-of-seven game where he, you know, that second unit that he plays in gets destroyed by one of those good teams. And, you know, part of it is he missed a, a batch of shots and got beat defensively. And they need to just be like, okay, on to the next night. He's playing those same minutes, you know. And, uh, they do what everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not only that, but, you know, it's – Steve Kerr was pretty transparent, I thought, tonight. Like, the second half is a, is a developmental half, and that means they might lose more games than they would have if they just, you know, you know, we could talk about the center position. It sounds like Wiseman is very likely going to start coming out of the break, and if he's not the starter, it will be soon. And what Kerr definitely already has said is he's going to play a lot more minutes. Played him 35 minutes tonight. I don't think he's going to be a 35-minute-a-night guy. But he's going to be over 20, I would say, pretty much every game from here on out. And and we can get to how much of a funk he seems to be in mentally right now going into the break and how much he probably needs this mental break. But they're correctly, in my opinion, going to play him a lot more uh, in the second when,
1: when you look at Wiseman's game and what ails him, the answer is minutes. It's literally the only thing that can help him. Right? It's not instruction. It's not technique. It's getting comfortable in his own skin on the NBA basketball court. Like, the answer is minutes. And, like, if they're going to be committed to him, which they are, they've got to play him. They, they, I mean, they just simply have to play him. Looney, like Draymond, is a playoff player. Right? You're never going to get the value you want out of Looney until you get to the playoffs. Looney's a nice Rotation player who does certain things really well, and those things come in really handy in a seven-game series. You don't need to see Looney right now. You know what you are getting from Looney. Uh, you you got to play Wiseman, and even if he doesn't start him, right? Like he needs he needs to make sure he's in that second. I unit. believe they're gonna start. Yeah, him. Yeah, they, I believe it only makes start sense, him. but he just has to get minutes. the 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 antidote is playing time the like we like we like we said on words plus minus like obviously he can't go to the g league you know like you ain't said a number 2 pick down there and also they need a center but look at jordan Poole. the answer is minutes yeah. right the answer is getting comfortable finding your group like finding yourself and he he needs confidence right he he needs like he needs some feel good he
0: he he was more confident 6 weeks absolutely. ago absolutely Better he was better six weeks. He, he,
1: ago. He's reminded me of uh, Monsters Ball. Remember when Halle Berry had Billy Bob Thornton on the couch and she was like, "Make me feel good." Like that's James Weiser. Monsters Ball. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Make me feel good. He needs to feel good. He needs to go to Steph a and say, "Make me feel good." Like he just it's it's really agonizing to watch. Like you feel bad for him. Like every mistake, yes. he feels it. He's jumping around. He kind of don't know where to go, and he makes a mistake. And you can see the frustration. Like, he, he he needs some confidence. And the only way he can get that is by playing and playing through mistakes and knowing you're
0: good. Let him foul out. I don't even, Forget the fouls. Just let him foul out. If he fouls out. I know. Out, I've <laughs> said that, too. I was like, when, if he gets two fouls early, don't be like, oh, got to pull him to save him for later. Like, no. He gets six fouls in the first absolutely. quarter. Okay. Okay. That, that's the lesson. And I um, – yeah, I mean, I – I use an example in what I wrote post game, but he tried three like post moves against DeAndre Ayton and they went horribly. Like, you know, he was flailing around DeAndre Ayton's wall in him. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call it. My point my point is when we talk about lessons and the antidote for him just being minutes to learning what he is, that's a good lesson tonight of like, dude, that might have worked when you were in high school in Memphis against just skinny, you know. Six foot five white guy who was playing, you were playing against, or you know, who did he play in college? Who were the three games? It was Oregon, and it was like you know, South Carolina State Tech or something like that. You know, <laughs> th- those were those post moves were working. You were going right through for that dunk. Can you imagine being like on South Carolina State and guarding him? Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, seven two jump out the gym. It's like you know he's you know his in his mind he's like ooh, I want to get to my post move you know I'm a skilled player I've been doing this my whole life tonight it was like oh yeah well guess what DeAndre Ayton is just gonna stop you pretty much every it's time like yeah me and uh, Jaron
1: Collins we worked on this now I get to use it right
0: yeah <laughs> it I was <laughs> killing Jaron Collins in practice <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was so premeditated it was so like okay now I'm gonna spin and then the guy then you know he didn't even move Ayton Ayton's like yeah I'm right here buddy. Uh, take this flail into a shot or get it yeah. blocked, right?
0: Yeah, he just- exactly. But my, but for him to learn that tonight's good because when Steph and uh, Draymond come back. He needs to know like that just shouldn't be part of the offense, and he needs to understand why that's not part of the offense. Because I think in his mind he's like, look, I'm I'm a good offensive player. Like, why can't we go to me? And I think the more he's out there and he realizes, well, this is not working against the DeAndre Aytons of the world, against the Marcus olds of the world. Yeah, I should just be a rim runner. I should pick and pop some. Uh, I should, you know, particularly with Curry and Draymond out there. Now, look, when you get to garbage time, you let him try some of that. Today was basically 48 minutes of garbage time. That's why I don't mind him trying that. To learn oh, yeah, that it's not it working against
1: By the way, uh, oh. Illinois-Chicago was the third team.
0: Illinois-Chicago. Illinois-Chicago.
1: He was four for four with 17 points and nine rebounds. There you
0: look go. Look at, um, look at him. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to Michelob com slash courtside to learn more. The rebounding though, you know, and it's what Kerr pinpointed post game. I mean, they, they they were the worst rebounding team in the league when he was in the starting lineup. They got better when he was out of the starting lineup. He's he You know, year five, James Wiseman needs to be a a 12-rebound-a-game monster, really. But year one, James Wiseman, and really second half of his rookie season, as he now is about to get more responsibility on a team that still has playoff aspirations. They may be prioritizing development more. Steph Curry and Draymond Green want to make the playoffs. He has to rebound better. He does not have to grab 12 rebounds a game and battle Aiton and Cantor, um but he can't just be getting shoved around as easily as he has the last couple nights. Um, nights. You know, some of that's alertness timing, but some of it's just like, dude, he's just got to start being more physical.
1: Yes. For me, that's, that's even more important than the rebound, right? That's for me, that's bigger because even if he doesn't actually get the ball, if he's felt in the paint, it's going to impact rebounding, right? If he's occupying, uh uh, you know, I guess offensive players or, you know, if, if they're if there are people who know like we gotta block out James Wiseman, right? The dude is huge, so we might need to do too. Like that matters. That helps with the rebounding and it's just like it's it's also gonna be a challenge of like how much he wants it and what's his heart like. Like that's it's going to be a bit of that. Like I mean it's Do you want the ball? It's really that simple. Do you want the ball? Or are you willing to go get it? And if he just learns that lesson this year, it might all be worth it, right? Because the mindset that it takes to rebound, I think it'll help him catching the ball. I think it'll help him in the post. I think it'll help him in every part of his game because it's the aggressiveness and the, you know, being okay with contact. Like that's basically what he needs. So if he gets the rebounding part, it will impact the rest of his game. I just I just want to see him go in there and just rec like I think you said this before. Like go get some offensive fouls. Jump over some people's back. Knock yes. some people over. Like so what? Just go recklessly grab the rebound. Period. Don't get the little touch green. fouls. Just go in there and be like, yo, I'm about to get this rebound and if somebody catch your elbow, my bad.
0: Particularly on the offensive glass. You know, you don't want him necessarily defensively going too crazy. Now, you you need to teach him defensively, box out. Do not let Ennis Cantor get under you and leverage you before the ball's even in the air. Because, I mean, Ennis Cantor's a genius at that. That's literally the only reason why he's in the NBA is because he just knows how to do that. He needs to read a scouting report and understand that aspect of rebounding. Offensively, I'd tell him early in each half, before you're in the bonus— Attack every offensive rebound you can. And if you get over the back fouls and if you get rebounding fouls, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It's that's basically side out of bounds. And, you know, it's basically like they got the rebound. You also get a foul on your ledger and maybe you do foul out. Okay. Then Looney's playing. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, because they do need to instill that mindset. And I know they are. I mean, did you see during the Portland game where, um, Canner got him twice for for putback yeah. and one putbacks, and then in the second half he actually did box Canner out well, got the rebound, and as he got it and he's handing it over to Draymond, Draymond is yelling in his face, yes, yes, because it was clear like that's all he had been hammering in his head like just box this guy out, do not you know get fooled or or muscled by him. So yeah, I mean he's just gonna have to learn, and guess what? You know what else is gonna have to learn? The, you know, the fan base watching, us as people who are following this team, the coaches, like, this is going to be, you know, a a rocky second half for James Wiseman. But they're just going to have to go through it. These coaches are, the fan base is, Steph Curry is, Draymond Green is. Um, because they'll be better for it. Because he'll be better for it.
1: Here's what's interesting. Guess who leads the team? Well, I, I like rebound rate more than – Rebounds per game. Guess who leads the team in rebound rate? Well, take out Marquise Chris is at the top, but he's only played two games, right? Guess who leads the team in rebound uh, rebound percentage?
0: Steph's having a really good rebounding season.
1: He is, but
0: Oubre too.
1: Wiseman. Wiseman grabs fourteen point eight percent of the rebounds when he's on the court.
0: He doesn't get him out of his
1: area. Nah, but he that doesn't. also. Sh- but that he, that the point he- is, this is what he's doing when he can't rebound. <laughs> like yeah. like. What happens when he learns how to rebound? Now he's up there with the elite rebounders where they're grabbing over twenty percent of the rebounds while they're on the court. He's leading the team in rebound percentage and he can't rebound. Like all the potential is there. Like he 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 can be a monster. If he just gets that part, that mental part. But yeah. What's
0: it's funny you say that. He I thought he was terrible on the glass tonight and he had like ten <laughs> That's rebounds. Right. He had a double, double. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> I,
1: mean, he I don't remember him getting eleven rebounds, yo. Know, like there, there, yeah, was 11, no there, there was no way. There was no He's was like eleven rebounds like no way he got eleven rebounds. He got eleven
0: yeah, rebounds. Yeah, you're like it, it, I think his the best play of his season might've been that offensive rebound put back against the Spurs that like capped his really big night where it was like in traffic. It was power. And like you, if you do that, you show you can do that. Do you worry about his mental? Like, you know, he's
1: talking about needing the break part of why, part of why they drafted Wiseman, part of why they believe he will work is because he, they like his mentality. Right. But our, is what we're seeing, does it make you worry about whether that mentality is as strong as, as we think? Uh, because he, like, he's he's getting really frustrated with himself, and we're seeing that that's not good for his play. Like, he seems to be regressing from a mentality standpoint. Are you, or is that something you think is a concern?
0: Yeah. Well, look, you know, I, I wrote a really long thing on him early in the season where, you know, I talked to Penny Hardaway for a while, Um and, you know, I talked to him for a while. I probably sat down with him for what, you know, 20 minutes or so. Um, and you – that is his flaw, his his aversion to physicality, yeah. you know. And But the, – and the perfectionist side of him also. But at the same time, you know, I talked to Steve about this too. Um, they think his general mindset while it's hurting him now – is going to be good in the offseason in the years to come because he's going like their thought is he's going to work really hard in the summers. You know, that's not true of all young players. You know, a lot of young players, hey, it's the offseason. Can't, you know, see you in camp. Right. That's the next yeah, time absolutely. I'm going to really concern myself. I, I got with this my job. new money
1: I got to spend. Let's go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and like their thought is long, over the long haul, his obsession with like wanting to be good will pay off. But it's it's clearly got him in his head now. Cause he's he's not a good NBA player right now and I you can see him wrestling with himself of like why am I not good? Yeah, and it's a
1: struggle. I, I really it, believe some of these moves he think are like, yo, I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to cook him with this. Oh, <laughs> like, for sure.
0: <laughs> with, because again, think about, you know, think about who he used to go against. Oh,
1: it's It's kinda funny though, Slater, like <laughs> but the move, the move is just like bad basic, though, right? It's just like, yeah, I'm about to. Yeah. About sometimes to it is. Face and pivot, and then throw up a hook. Like,
0: yeah. Well, what? It's funny because we've talked about it on the podcast. It randomly clicks, you know, once out of every seven times. Like that Hornets game when he did it on P.J. Washington. You know, it was bad defense by P.J. Washington. He he shades right when Wiseman does like the one dribble with the right giving him the opening to do the spin back dunk. But like when you physically can do that, when you can put a, you know, I said it to Nate Duncan that night on the podcast. I said, if I walked you in the arena, you did not, you were at basketball. You knew everything about basketball, but you didn't know who was good in the NBA. And I said, look at that move right there. You might go, that's a top 10 player right there. You know, like that is like an absolute superstar singular move. Singular eight second clip, and when you can do that, Facts. when you physically did that, I can understand the thinking. Like that's a great. I want to do spot, this all right? the time. That's
1: an that's an that's an unparalleled starting spot. Like we're gonna start from your ability to do that and build, right? Like that. Yeah, but
0: also, it just it I can see that getting in your mind. Like if I can't, if like I have done that before, I believe well I can do this and score twenty six a night in the league because I'll just do that move every time. Watch, I'm about to do that move on DeAndre Ayton, and then it just doesn't
1: work. But you work.
0: need to learn that, right? I mean, I don't. This is, I, I this think all, about all being
1: these experiences are great, all of them, every single one of them. Getting benched, getting stuff. A little, I mean, I do think he needs some more wins out there. Like he needs some more like positive things because he needs to he needs to get out of his head and feel better about his play. But even like these these struggles it's all helping him just because he just hasn't played enough basketball so every single he, thing he does is helping him
0: i'd because of the way he's looked the last few games i if if that's all i'd seen of him i would really worry about him long term i worry less about him because of i've seen him have good games against decent teams and saw how that built a rhythm for him like when he did have 20 against the spurs yeah. and dunked eight times like he was happy that night. And remember when he had 25 against the wolves and he, he hit three wing threes in the first half and he came off two pin downs, hit a couple threes. And then he was like sticking his tongue out at Steph who was like smiling at him and stuff. And then he suddenly had like three or four pretty good games, you know, in a row. And it's like, I just think he need, like you said, I just think he needs a few good games in wins in chase center where, you know, it's like there's a vibe around it. Um, and that would help him. Now, he has massive flaws that I that some, I think, can be helped now. Some are like long-term. Some are with the hands, all that stuff. But, again, I, I feel like sometimes I feel like we get too deep into the Wiseman conversation. Because, I mean, it's very interesting. It's very impactful for all like, yeah, the future of the it's team. It's huge. It's a big it's, deal. It's, right? yeah, no it's massive. Um. But I want to, you know, we're, we're already near thirty minutes, so we gotta I got to talk a get... little Nico. Though, let's go. We got to talk. A okay, little go. Nico. Give me, give me your quick Nico Mannion, <laughs> and then give me your quick like wider scope as the team goes to the second half. But go on, Nico Mannion started, played thirty-one minutes tonight. Do you have a Nico Mannion take? So I saw Nico at there, Steph's
1: camp. Yeah, I accidentally muted myself. I saw Nico at Steph's camp and he looked like the player from tonight and the player we seen in the G League. Uh he just looks more comfortable taking the shots. I love the pace that he plays with. I like the one my one of watching this team tonight reminded me one of the things I don't like about the second unit. They're too slow. They're always walking the ball up. They're always like it's always wiggins and it's always Wanamaker, like taking their time like they're in the Eastern Conference. So watching Nico kind of. Look at kinda, their ratings. They're
0: not, <laughs> look at their offensive and defensive ratings. They're not in the Eastern Conference. They're in nineteen
1: ninety two. I liked how Nico was just all over the place. Just energy. Just all over the place. Him and him and Poole, right? Just they're just moving. I I like the vibes of Nico. He he shot better from three than I've ever seen him shoot. He looked really comfortable. I think one of them was like a twenty eight footer. Uh, listen, if, if the second half is about development, man, (laughs) man, like, can you imagine Steve Kerr though? Like he already doesn't think Jordan Poole could play defense. You know, he's got to feel like who is Nico Manion garden, right? So it's probably not going to happen, but the energy, the feel, the pace, the passing, it was very refreshing after watching, uh, uh, Brad Wanamaker's style of play, right, Where and, and Andrew Wiggins' style of play. Like, that. that is how the Warriors should be playing. That right there is how yep. the Warriors should be playing, and Nico's got that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if he's planning to play Pool and Wanamaker together in the second unit, why not have nights where it's Pool and um, Mannion? They, they developed a nice little chemistry in the bubble. They played a lot together, and, and both had – you know, good stints down there. You know like, why? Because you know, they got to be a top five defense, and they yeah, they can't well. they can't afford it.
1: So, onto the the overall picture.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I actually s- send us out on on just what you think of this team. I actually think
1: this like was. It, it's hard to say it wasn't. This was a disappointing, just because they're not a nineteen and eighteen team. I mean, they are, but they just could have been so much better. And you're seeing teams like Portland like San Antonio play above like their ability. So there there's, there's a great possibility here for them. There was a great possibility for them to really like, just to really maximize what they had and they missed it and they should have a chance to get it back, but they might just be trying to get back to even at that point after the gauntlet. Right. So, there is some disappointment, but with that said, this is about what we thought, right? Like this is literally I, we talked about this. It was like five to nine, five to ten. Like that's that's what they would be. Hollinger put them at eleven. We were like, ah, it could be eleven, but I think they'll they'll fall somewhere in between. And they're in that space. They're uh, three games behind Portland, the fifth seed. They're four and a half games behind the Clippers. Hey, you know, top four seeds are out. They're done. They're not. They're not catching. They're not even close to Utah, Phoenix, no Lakers, five. Clippers.
0: Five is now their top.
1: Five is their absolute peak, right? And you you look, you see them play Portland. You could say they can play with Portland, right? Uh, Portland didn't have C.J. McCollum and 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 Nurkic, but you just feel like they could play with Portland. I actually think Denver's better than them, even though Denver was struggling. Uh, but they they might find their footing and. So I still I'm still seeing six or seven like I-, I still see it. Dallas though Dallas has been da- Dallas lately. had I oh Dallas he's eight and two yeah. See I'm not I yeah. wasn't the biggest fan of Dallas and I'm still not that sold on Dallas, but it's hard to argue with eight and two like the, the this is something the Warriors just haven't done. They haven't won eight of ten like they haven't gone on that streak yeah. and they had the opportunity to. That's that's pretty much why it's disappointing. So if the is there a chance they get to the sixth seed? It's possible, uh, which is what they want to do to avoid the playing game. But by and large, this is what this is this is what we thought, and I think they should have been better. I re- I really do think they should they should at least have they should at least be like twenty one and fifteen. I think they should be up there with Portland, and Denver, f- for the five seed, not down there with Memphis, right? Like, uh, and you know, yeah, maybe Dallas. I don't know what the hell San Antonio's doing.
0: Like, how is this even working? That team is... I agree hey. that. <laughs> but in general, what you're talking about is the that loss in Dallas, the loss in San Antonio with the thing with Draymond at the end, obviously the Orlando Charlotte, the 17-point the blown lead, the 13-point blown lead, and, you know, the Portland game. Yeah, you the can other throw that night. in there just because like, they
1: missed layups. It wasn't like they just got beat. They missed, they missed layups. So yeah, they. But they, they yeah, got I mean, uh,
0: if if three of those results swing back the other way, it's it's a different look going into the second half. But it didn't. They're nineteen and eighteen. They're going to prioritize development a bit more. They have a tough start to the second half. The schedule does soften. They do end the season with I think something like eight of eleven at home, six game homestand. So I don't. know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, Marcus, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're taking a full break for a week you know i think the next time you're gonna hear us will be warriors clippers thursday night next thursday night to open the second half one final question for you marcus yes or no does steph curry win the three-point contest no
1: he's like one for six steph doesn't it's
0: not it's not big enough you heard it here you heard it here first <laughs> all right talk to you in the second half. All right.